this morning uh, to each of you, the people of the Lord. We're grateful to the Lord for the things he's done and the ways he's made. I don't know about you, but amen. Being in the presence of the Lord is the best thing in the world. You remember the scripture? Uh, it says in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And so I give God's name, glory, praise, and honor. We give honor and respect with great deference to our leader, the Bishop J. Drew Shear, uh, uh, to our First Lady Evangelist Karen Clark Shear, and we're grateful to, amen, First Lady Gaines right here. We certainly appreciate the Lord for her. And then to my friend and my brother down in the city, all over in the city of Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnson Bevins. And God bless you, my friend. I love you so much and thank God for you. Amen. Also to my sister, uh, Sister Rita Bevins. God bless you. Amen. I hope that Amen. It is a good place where you are and certainly grateful to the Lord for the things he's done yeah. and for the ways that he's made. I am grateful to the Lord. Marcel, thank you so much for hosting on that end. Amen. And we're grateful for Brother James that's hosting on this end. We got multiple things going on and God is certainly good. Uh, I don't know about you, but I remember back a few months ago, they said that the internet was the devil. Uh, the devil is a liar. Amen. We're able to do more in a few minutes than what we could have done back in a uh, long time ago. But yes. grace and mercy has kept us, and we're certainly grateful to the Lord for the things that he's done. Certainly praying for my brother, Dr. Bevins. Amen. Praying that the Lord will continue to bless. And not only that, but I want you to be encouraged today. Amen. This is the, as we just came out of October over into the month of November, uh, Pastor Appreciation Month. And so we want to appreciate Dr. Bevins. God bless you. And then on the 24th of this month, we're going to celebrate the legacy and the memory of the Bishop Viotis Gaines, along with First Lady Gaines right here in Detroit. Amen. And then we want to be an encouragement to them or to him, to her, amen, in the passing of the transition of uh, Bishop Gaines. But then again, we want to celebrate, amen, my brother and my sister there in Indianapolis. We're grateful to the two of you, amen, for what the Lord has done. Just a couple of things I want to say, and then I'm going to jump right into this. As you know, within the next couple of days is going to be the most important day of our lives, and that is that we need to make sure that we get out and vote. If you have not voted early, you make sure that you do. Tomorrow is a good time to do that. Uh, go down to your city clerk's office, your county clerk's office. Make sure you do all of what needs to be done. Those of you that are here in the Detroit area, uh, you can drop your uh, ballots off at the drop boxes that's located all throughout the city. I know there's one at Greater Emmanuel. I know there's one at Greater Grace. Uh, there's one at the Northwest Activity Center, Unity Temple Church. There's all over the city of Detroit. So please, ma'am, please, sirs, go by there. Make sure that you vote because this election is very, very, very important to all of us. And we have to make sure that we do all of what we can. We want to make sure that on November the 3rd, the evening of November the 3rd, that we've given an eviction notice to the man who's in there right now. We want him out. We want him out. Don't want nothing to happen to him. Just want him to move. We want our property back and we want him to move. You know, sometimes I remember landlords would have a man homes that they would have and people would live there and they may be good tenants and they may pay their rent on time and do all of that. But sometimes the landlord just decides, I want my house back. Okay. Well, that's where we are right now. We want our house back. We want, we want 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue back. And we want to put the current resident out. And we're going to, we got somebody else already lined up to move in. Amen. In January. So do your part and make sure that you vote. I want you to go with me to a familiar passage of scripture in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number one is where I want to go. Amen. And I want to say I salute Sister Amen, Rita Bevins for everything that she's done to make sure that this day happens there in Indianapolis and uh, to keep uh, uh, my brother from finding out, amen, who was going to be there today. He didn't know I was coming until right now. Amen. And I hope he is as, as surprised and as happy as I am to be here. Uh, Ephesians chapter number one, and we're going to look at verses three through and including verse number um, 11, verse 11 of 12. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will 
to the praise and the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has a, a, a bound towards us in all, all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he has purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one place all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to uh, the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Go back up to verse number 11. I think I want to talk from there for just a few minutes. In whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Uh, can we talk just a few minutes this morning? I want to encourage my brother, and I want to encourage those of you that are in the audience and those of you that are watching. Uh, I want you to be encouraged today. Amen. Can we talk this morning for just a few minutes? I want my inheritance. I want my inheritance. When we talk about an inheritance, and when you look at the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, the theologians say, uh, Mother Carter, uh, the theologians say that Ephesians is probably one of the most profound books of the Bible. Uh, Inasmuch as when they talk about or when we read the book of Ephesians, it actually speaks in uh, past tense. It talks about things that are already done. So Paul does something very strange, or he does something uh, vital throughout the book of Ephesians because he says that he has to pray that we would have the mind of Christ so that we can uh, understand and wrap our arms around what Christ has already done. The struggle that we deal with here, Dr. Bevins, is that when we deal with understanding who he is and what he has done for us, it is vitally important that we take on what the scripture says is the mind of Christ, that we have to become spiritual in our understanding, that we have to become spiritual in our walk with God, that we have to become spiritual in all things. The struggle with, that we have with this, uh, Lady Gaines, is that if we don't become spiritual, then we'll find ourselves dealing in the now and not necessarily dealing in the place that God has brought us into. Uh, let's talk about that for just a second, because the, the thing that we have to understand is that God is not, uh, uh, he's not held by time. He, is, he lives outside of time. And because of that, uh, there's certain things that we understand that have a, uh, a boundary or a limit on it based on our ability to function within what we call time. There's a time for us to get up, time for us to go to bed, time for us to eat, a time for us to smile. You remember the scripture, there's a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to be born, a time to die. All of those things deal with the human nature. They deal with the, the struggle of the anatomy that we live in. And for that reason, we are bound by time. But when we deal with God and we deal with the concept of who he is, time is not an essence. It's not an issue at all because he's before, he's after, he handles time uh, 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 in a way that's certainly different than what we handle it all together. He's not bound by time. And so when we talk, when we look at the book of Ephesians, we have to understand now that our minds have to be so changed that we think outside of the box, hey, that we think outside of where we are and that we uh, psychologically go into another spot so that we can grasp these concepts and be able to understand it from the concept in which God understands it. Now, that's going to be a struggle because the Bible says that our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his and that his thoughts are high above ours as the heavens are above the earth. However, however, 
There are the there, there is the ability for us to become spiritual in our uh, walk with God, so that we have the ability to be able to at least fathom and be able to at least consider that God has done things for us already. Uh, let's deal with this for just a second, and I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I feel a little good about this now because when we look at this, He talks about. Uh, in verse number four, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Here's the, here's the victory that comes from that. God has always known all things. There's never been a time that he did not know. And when we deal with the concept of knowledge, he knew all things from the beginning. There's no concept of his beginning. There's no concept of his ending. There is no concept in our minds of his uh, anatomy, where he comes from, and all of the things that we deal with when we talk about individuals. Uh, I know September the 17th, 1960, was the day that my mom and my dad came home with me. Mm -hmm. September the 17th, that was the beginning. I have my birth certificate at the house to be able to prove that. I was born in the afternoon, amen, on September the 17th, 1960, which makes me 60 years old right now as of September of this year. Well, that's my beginning. That's my beginning. That's my nativity. That's where I came from. That's the time that I can say that my inception took place or that I was brought into this earth. Well, we cannot track God like that. However, the Bible said, and you all taught us in Sunday school, that he was omniscient. He was all-knowing all the time. There was never a time that he did not know. Hey, and since he always knew who he was, he always knew who I was. Because look at what it says. According as he has chosen us in him, Hey, here's the victory, Mother Carter, because when we talk about being chosen in him, we talk about the concept that I was always in his mind long before I got here. Uh, when, my, when I was just a twinkle in my daddy's eye, God had already planned for my arrival. When I was just a thought, when I was just a fleeting thought, God had already planned for me to be here. Which means now, Mother Johnson, that because he planned for my arrival, he always knew what the end would be. Glory to God. He always knew what I would be. He always knew that I would be saved. He always knew that I would be here. And he knew that you would be sitting right where you are right now, understanding his plan. So you got to make sure that in your mind that you not let the devil cause you to think and to believe that you are nobody because you are somebody in God. Because from the found, before the foundation of the world, God knew that. Glory to God. He knew that we would be here, and he knew that he would bring us through for a, a, for a time such as this. Uh, so whenever the devil try to make you feel like you are a mistake, you look at the devil and say, no, devil, you are a liar. Whenever the devil try to make you feel like God is not concerned about you, you look at the devil in the face and say, the devil is a liar because he knew me before the foundation of the world. And not only did he know me, but he chose me in him, amen, that I might be all of what he would have me to be. Uh, now let's run that rabbit down the hole for just a few seconds because when Lindsay was born, Lindsay, Lindsay came here and she was here by cesarean section. She was born uh, February the 28th. It was on a Monday, 2006. She, that was her date of birth. However, because I knew she was coming, I planned for her arrival. I had a room painted. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I bought her a bassinet. I bought her a buggy. I had diapers. I had I had bottles. I had pacifiers. I had everything that she would need. So when she got here, all she had to do was just be a little baby girl. She didn't have to worry about the light bill because that was mine to be concerned with. She didn't have to worry about Similac or Infamil. She didn't have to worry about any of that. Not one time did she wake up in the middle of the night and say, where do we have any Infamil? She just woke up crying because she knew daddy was going to come and change her, rock her back to sleep, and put her right back in the bed. What does that mean? She didn't worry about anything, and that's what I'm trying to say to those of you that are watching today. You have nothing to worry about because you are a child. Hey, 
There's no grown folk in the Bible. The Bible talks about us as children of the Lord. And since he prepared for your arrival, he not only prepared for your arrival, but he also is preparing for everything to come together as he would have it based on your life. So look at what the Bible says here. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Uh, can we talk about that right here? Look at what he says now. Amen, Mother Carter. He said that I chose you and I have already predestined you. We're going to get to that in just a second. I've already set things up for you. I've already made an arrangement for you. I've already fixed it so, Sister Renee Carr, I've already fixed it so that everything will come together as it relates to your life and your nativity. I know things are not going the way that we want them to go right now. What are you talking about? What does he say about this coronavirus? He said the same thing about coronavirus as he said about anything else. I got it in control. Everything is in my hands. All things are amen, in the hands of the Lord. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Uh, look at what it says, that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should, number one, be holy, that we should be holy. Now, when you understand this concept, you got to sort of deal with this, amen, first lady gains from the idea, from the ideology that now Christ has already died on the cross for all of our sins. Uh, it's called double jeopardy if somebody were to be punished for the same sin twice. Uh, Y'all ain't saying much. Uh, if, if, if I've already served my time, if I've already done what I'm supposed to do, I cannot legally be punished twice for the same thing. Well, if Christ has already died on the cross, in order for me to get forgiveness, I have to ask for it. And when I ask for it, it becomes available to me as the believer, which means now that there's nothing that I am being uh, held back from me as long as I am trusting God and I believe what his word said. That's the, that's the profundity of the book of Ephesians because what he does now is he talks to us in past tense. He says, I've already done this. Hey, it's already in place. All you got to know is that it's yours and you can get it anytime you get ready. Healing, hey, is the children's bread. It belongs to the child. All you got to do is say, God, give me my healing. You don't have to pray if it's your will. Hey, glory to God. You don't have to say if it's your will because it is his will. Uh, you don't have to say, Lord, please, and beg him because it belongs to him. And since it belongs to you as a believer, he has already put it in place. Look at what he says. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. You remember the scripture, uh, I think it's over in Jude, now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior. That's what we use as the benediction for, uh, for the YPWW. That was the by the YPWW lesson, but when you look at what the writer said, Jude says, now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. This is what the same writer is talking about, what Paul talks about here, amen, that we should be before him without blame, uh, before him in love, that we should be without blame before him in love. Now, hey, here's the thing that you got to understand, uh, Brother Bethan, is that when we understand who Christ is and when we understand what he has done for us, it brings us to a place of understanding that our lives are now, amen, set in place that God might get glory out of our lives. Let's go on to this next verse because this is what we're going to talk about right now. Look at what he said. Having predestinated us uh, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Let's deal with this word, uh, uh, predestination. Predestination does not take away the will of God, nor, amen, the will of the individual 
who for the most part lives the life that we live. Uh, it does not mean that we become a robot. It does not mean that we are so locked in that we don't have the free will to do this, that, or the other. But here's the thing I need you to understand, that when we talk about predestined, the scripture causes us to know and understand that he knows our end from our beginning. He knows the plan. You remember what he says over in the book of Jeremiah? He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to a expected end. He says, I got a particular place that I'm going to bring you into, and I want you to understand that if you trust me, hey, and if you believe me, you're going to be all of what I would have you to be. Now, I know that there's some strong-willed people, and I know you think that because you are who you are, you can decide that you don't want to be obedient to the Lord. The devil is a liar. Uh, I found out that he could just almost run you to the end of your mind, cause you to almost lose your mind and keep you in the hollow of his hand just to bring you to the place of where he wants you to be. Uh, what does that mean? Glory to God. Hallelujah. He can fix it so that you get to a point that you feel like he doesn't even love you. My God. Because his intent is to bring you full circle. His intent is to bring you back to a place of saying, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Hey, when you're chosen of God, when you're chosen of God, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what he intends to do. God has got you right where he wants you. And it doesn't matter what the devil says, you're going to be what God would have you to be. And you're going to give his name the glory. And so the thing that you got to understand is that there are times, there are times, I know, I know for myself, there are times when you try to run away from God, it's like being on one of them little exercise machines in your house. You didn't know your basement was that big. You're down in the basement running and running and running, but you're going nowhere. You look on your little uh, odometer on your on your on the screen, and it said that you ran five miles, but you ain't going nowhere. You still in the basement, and it's the same thing you got to understand. When you're trying to get away from the plan of God, it's like being on one of them little exercise machines. There's no way that you can get away from what His plan is, and so the Bible talks now about predestination. The scripture talks us and makes us understand that God says, I know Oh, I know what you're going to be based on foreknowledge. Uh, doesn't mean I took away your will. Not only that, I didn't take away your desire. You know you can be gifted and go to hell. My, my, my. You can have all of that. Having a gift doesn't mean that you're going to be automatically brought in, but it's when you tell God, I trust you and I believe you, and when you live for him, hey, then God brings about a life that causes you to know who he is and what he wants to do in your life. God, I love you today. And so when we trust him, look at what he says now, having predestinated us, to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Uh, now, let's deal with that for just a second. Predestination does not take away the will of the individual. It deals with foreknowledge. God says, I already know. I already understand. Here's the unique thing about him is that he knows he can see our past, our present, and our future all at the same time. Hey, he knows what I did. He knows what I'm doing. And he knows what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. Yet he trusted me with everything that he's given me. Uh, you hear some preachers, you hear some folks say, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. The devil is a liar. Because God knew what you were going to do with the gift before he gave it to you. Amen. In the first place. So he's not an Indian giver. If he wasn't going to give it to you, he never would have given it to you to take it back. Uh, but once you have it, then God says, now I want you to use it for my glory. I want you to use it to bring glory to my my name. And then the scripture says that he predestined us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Uh, he wanted to do it. Hallelujah. He wanted me saved. It, it's not that it's not so that I did so much to warrant it. It's not that I was so good and that I had all of these things in place. It's not that I did all of the right stuff. He found me and he wanted me to be saved. Therefore he chose me and he got glory out of it. He stuck his chest out and said, yeah, I wanted to. Y'all ain't saying, I said, I'm looking around right now because my daughter wants a puppy. 
we had a dog. Uh, the dog came to the house, amen, and he was supposed to be there for two weeks because my mom was in the hospital, and he was supposed to be at my house for two weeks, but he ended up being there 15 years. <laughs> he ended up being there 15 years, a little miniature shih tzu, and he died a couple of years ago, and so we've been going through some changes, and, and so my daughter told me the other day, Daddy, I want another puppy, and I, I said, well, you didn't take care of the one that we had before. She said, well, I'm a little older now, but I want another puppy, so I've been looking around to sort of find a puppy. Uh, I went to the adoption place here in Detroit the other day, and when I went in there, I didn't see anything I liked. Uh, I'm going somewhere with this. I didn't see anything I liked. I saw some nice dogs. They had pit bulls. They had terriers. They had those great big old dog bull mascots. I call. I can't think of the name of them, but they had those great big old dogs for the games. And uh, uh, I said, I can't afford to feed him and me too. Uh, so I'm going to leave him where he is. I need something that's real small that I can give him a handful of food and it'll hold him all day long. He always said nothing. But the issue is, I didn't see what I liked. I didn't see anything that satisfied or that met my need. Therefore, I said, I'm going to keep on looking. Well, let's understand this. Let's understand Understand this because the Bible says, according to his will, he chose us. Hey, glory to God. I'm about to get happy right now because that means now that God decided, hallelujah, before the foundation of the world that when I arrived, that he wanted me. Hallelujah. The Bible says, when your mother and your father would forsake you, hey, glory to God. Then the Lord will raise us up. That means now that even though nobody else likes me, God loves me just like I am. He didn't wait until I got right. He didn't wait until I joined the church. He didn't wait until everything was in place. He wanted me when I got here. As soon as I arrived, he was on his mind. I was on his mind. And he came looking for me the moment that I arrived. Are you glad about it? That's what you got to let the devil know. Hallelujah. Nobody else may want to be bothered, but my God loves me just like I am. And he didn't wait until I got everything together. I hope I'm talking to somebody. He didn't wait until it all came together. He liked me when I was in the bar. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He liked me when I was lying and drinking and cussing and acting the fool. He liked me and he wanted me then. Oh, glory to God. Brother Johnson, he didn't wait until we had everything together, but he wanted us just like we are. And he said, I'm going to bring you in now. And that's the wonderful thing about the plan of God is that God knows exactly what it's going to take to bring us to our place of saying, can't nobody do me like he can. And so when when you look at this, it talks about predestined to his glory of his, to the pleasure of his goodwill, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein we have made acceptable, we've been made acceptable in the beloved. Hallelujah. We may not have been dressed up like we wanted to, but God said, I want you anyway. Come on. Come just like you are. I'm going to get you fitted. Hallelujah. I'm going to dress you up. I'm going to make you what you're supposed to be. I don't want you to think that you're too nasty to come in here uh, because I want you just like you are. And that's the wonderful thing about him, and I'm getting out of the way, that he's the best recycler in the whole wide world. Hallelujah. He's the best recycler in the whole wide world. Takes us just like we are. And then look at what it says. Amen. Predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Talk about that. Because what he says is that I know that when you understand uh, the concept, when this thing comes together in you, uh, the kind of games, when this thing comes together and you really take a look at who you are and where you've been, a spirit of gratitude is going to kick in and you're going to find yourself saying, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Hallelujah. I heard mother, I heard mother praying this morning. Thank you for giving me eyesight. Thank you for allowing me to try. Thank you for helping me to come over here. Thank you for the stuff that you've done. Some things other people take for granted. 
Some things other people take for granted, but the ability to put your own clothes on in the morning is a blessing. Hallelujah. When you realize that you could have been laying there and somebody had to come and get you up, you could have had to ring a bell and get somebody to come and get you up. You could have had to have somebody to come and turn you over. Hey, you could have had somebody to have to come and feed you up. You could have a feeding tube in you right now, but thanks be to God. Hey, in spite of all that's going on, God is still a good God. And so he says, to the praise, to the praise of his glory, of his grace. Let's talk about grace for just a second, because grace is that unmerited favor. Hallelujah. Grace says that you deserve to be punished, but I'm going to cover you right now. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. Grace causes us to understand that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter, Brother Sal, what you've done. God says, amen, I, I, I'm going to cover you with my grace. I'm going to cover you with my mercy. He says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. He said, I made you. I fixed you to be what you are. I made you and I presented you faultless. He said, you came in here messed up. Hallelujah. But I've chosen you and you're in me. And so he now makes us accepted in the beloved. We go back now to the concept now that we deal with his love for us. Let's talk about that for a few seconds and then I'm getting out of the way. Y'all remember the scripture over in the book of John, third chapter, for God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that whosoever means anybody that will accept him hallelujah anybody that will trust him anybody that will say in spite of where i've been god is still good in spite of what i've been through he's still a merciful god in spite of all of the things that i've gone through amen whosoever includes me whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life let's go to the book of romans right quick romans 10 and 9 if you will confess with your mouth the lord jesus and do what Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shall be his. Hey, you shall be saved. You are now a citizen of the kingdom. And you are now ready for all that God has in store for you. So I don't want you to let the devil make you feel like you're no good. The devil is a liar. Romans says, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Hallelujah. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. What shall we then say to these things if God be for me? Hey, hallelujah. I'm about to run right now. If God be for me, who can be against me? Who's bad enough to stop the plan of God in my life? Nobody can stop it. But gang, when you put your hand in the hands of the Lord, it doesn't matter. So now he said, all I need you to do is to give my name praise. He said, to the praise of the glory of the grace wherein he has made us acceptable in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood. He bought us. That's what redemption means, that he redeemed us. Uh, he redeemed us from the hand of the enemy with his shed blood on Calvary. Hallelujah. Now, it goes back, and I'm going to stop. It goes back to the concept of what we talked about, amen, the best recycler in the whole wide world. Are, are you with me? Here in, here in Michigan, uh, I know in Indiana as well, uh, there's a store called Meyer. Uh huh. And you have, and when you go to Meyer, they're right in the front of the store, somewhere in the store. They have this wall uh, where you take empty bottles, and you're able to put those empty bottles in that. right now just waiting to go to the grocery store but here's the thing that happened when you go to the store it doesn't matter back in the day back in the day i remember uh with my mom uh my mom was a smoker for a while back in the day and so she would get those cigarettes and those cigarette butts and she would put them in those bottles and those cans and sometimes just put them out right there and just 
put them in there. But when you take them to the store, when you take them to Maya, Mayas don't say, uh, I can't take that because it's got cigarette butts on it. I got cigarette ashes on it. Smell like cigarette. Smell like drug. They, the, all they want to know is the barcode. Does, does the barcode say you pay 10 cents to get redeemed? Y'all ain't saying nothing. That's the same thing that happened when he redeemed us with his blood. He didn't say, uh, I can't take smokers. Hallelujah. He didn't say, I can't take backbiters. He, he didn't say, I can't take fornicators. He didn't worry about how nasty we were today. But his blood covers us, amen, covers us all our sins. And the Bible talks about all of our sins and petrification. He heals us, and it doesn't matter how nasty we feel. Hallelujah. Some of y'all ought to break out of running right now. It doesn't matter how low down we've been. Doesn't matter if we were a murderer. Doesn't matter if we were a backslider. Doesn't matter if you were bad, good, ugly, sad, skinny. Doesn't matter what you were. His blood redeemed us. Look at what it says. In whom we have redemption through his blood, uh, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He not only covered us with his blood, but he says, I'm going to forgive you of your sin. Grace and mercy. He said, you're bold to come before the throne of grace. You shall find grace and mercy in the time of need. That's what you got to understand. Uh, grace for what you've done. Mercy for what you're going to do. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Mercy for what you've done and grace for what you're going to do. He says, I got it all in place. I've already got it placed. already got it situated so you don't have to worry about it. I got you covered coming and going. Amen. And, and guess what? It belongs to us as a believer. I can't keep on going. I need to stop. Wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and truth having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Let's talk about that. I'm going to stop at verse number nine. When we talk about understanding the mystery of his will, we talk now about the understanding that he now brings to us and, and he begins to unravel the mysteries or the hidden concepts of his will or his plan for us. When we talk about the will of God, we talk about the plan of God, which is the Bible and what God's will is. Everything that's in the Bible becomes his will. Now, when you understand what a will is, a will put, is put together when you're in your right mind, when you put things together. I got an insurance policy for my daughter, both my daughters. I got one for my nephew, and I got one for my grandson. Uh, so that if anything were to happen to me, uh, they're going to have a few dollars. They, they ain't going to have no whole lot, but they're going to have a few dollars. They can at least go and get them a Big Mac. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And some cheese. But don't get no Big Fry, because it ain't going to be nothing. <laughs> but they, at least, <laughs> they at least will have something, because that's my desire to make sure that I leave something for them. Uh, I got a house that's paid for, so I want to make sure that they have that if anything were to happen to me. And that that I put that together in my right mind. That's my will for them. So what happens is the will is no good until the testator dies. When the individual who put the will together, when he dies, then that will becomes effective, which means the moment that we can solidify that death has occurred, the policy then becomes good. You pick up the phone and you call the insurance company and say, Johnny didn't got out of here. And they say, all right, send us the information and we're going to send you a check. And so what happens then is that the wheel is already in place. Here's the victory. Hallelujah. The fact that he died brings the wheel into effect. Hallelujah. The fact that they put him on the cross makes the wheel effective. Here's the caveat to that. Not only did he die, uh, which made the wheel effective, but he got up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He got up on the third day. Does that take away the effectiveness of the will? No, ma'am. It does not make it ineffective because all he had to do was die for the will to come together. And all we had to do was to solidify his death. And when his death was solidified, Brother Gaines, that means that everything that was in the will became available that moment. 
hallelujah, that we ain't got to wait till years go by. We ain't got to go through no changes. The moment that he closed his eyes, oh, you remember when he was on the cross and he says, into thy hands I commend my soul and he gave up the ghost and died. Hallelujah. We talk about that around Easter time. Y'all know the resurrection, seven last sayings of Christ on the cross. And when he hung his shoulder, his head in the locks of his shoulder and gave up the ghost, that brought the wheel into effect, which means now everything, glory to God, I wish I could get somebody to say everything. Those of you that are watching, type on your screen. Everything that's in the wheel is already mine. I want mine. I want mine right now. Who is that J.G. Whitworth say, it's my money and I want it now. It's my blessing and I want it now. I don't have to wait. It's already mine. Healing is already mine. Victory is already mine. It's already made available because he redeemed us with his blood. Hallelujah. He redeemed us with his blood. Now, verse number nine, and I'm going to stop here. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. He decided I'm going to do this myself. I, I ain't got to ask nobody. I don't have to confer with anybody. I want to do this because that's my desire. That's my will. He says, so I want to bless you. I want to give it to you. And not because you've been so good, but just because of the fact that you're mine, I want you to have this. And so uh, my, my nephew is in trouble right now, but he's still my nephew. Lord ain't saying nothing. My brother is in trouble right now, but he's still my brother. He's still my mother's son. Uh, a mother's love goes further than anything you could ever know about. Hallelujah. And so, amen. It doesn't matter how good you've been. The wheel is not available just because you were good before the test of God. Hallelujah. The wheel is made available to everyone that will accept it and everyone that will accept the policy. And so what I'm saying is it belongs to me as a believer and I want it. I got to get down to verse number 11 or almost y'all going to say I didn't do what I was supposed to do. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are in earth. Now this concept of time does not apply to God. I told you that in the beginning. We're not dealing with time as it relates to him based on that. But when we talk about the dispensation of time, we talk about the fact that when God decides that this is now going to be the end and he decides, all right, we're going to change this thing from where we are now and we're going to come mortal. Uh, he's going to change the mortal to immortality and he's going to uh, 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 snatch us away in the rapture. However that happens, he said that he might bring together in one place all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the pleasure of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. I'm done right here. He says, now I'm going to bring this thing all together. Uh, nothing shall come between you and I. Nothing is going to be able to snatch you out of my hand. The devil can't take you, can't pluck you out of my hand. And because you belong to me, hallelujah, I am going to make sure, I'm going to assure that you have everything that you need to be everything that I've predestined, that I've chosen for you to be. I wish I had about seven of y'all to just type on the screen right now. It's my money, I want it now. It's my inheritance and I want it now. It belongs to me as a believer and I'm not going to let the devil make me feel like I cannot have it. Uh, glory to God. That's what I want you to know. Pastor Beverage, I love you so much. Listen, let's have a word of prayer. I want to pray with you. I want to pray. Amen the people of God, those of you that are watching, wherever you're watching us now, if you're on the phone and you're listening, I want to talk to you right now. Wherever you are, wherever you are, whatever's going on with you, I want you to know who you are as a believer. I don't want you to let the devil make you feel like it's not yours. The devil is a liar. You are who God says you are, and I want you to live in that life. I want you to stand, stand up and to stick your chest out and let the devil know no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every time that shall rise against me, God's going to give me power. He's going to give me the power and the authority to condemn them. Let's have a word of prayer. Let's have a word of prayer. God of heaven, I love you and I appreciate you and I give you praise. I thank you 
again for what you've done and what you're doing. For this time of sharing and this time of coming together, I bless you and I magnify you and I give you glory. I thank you for my brother, Dr. Bevins. Would you bless him now? Would you encourage him now in the name of Jesus? I thank you for my sister, Sister Rita Bevins. I want you to bless her now, encourage her, strengthen her in the name of Jesus. Bless the Citadel family in your name and for your glory. Look on First Lady Gaines and bless her now in the name of Jesus. Look on uh, Brother Ejima. Look on amen, her daughters. Bless them now in your name and for your glory. Every person under the sound of my voice, those that are watching, those that are listening, bless them now. Even on the conference call, all over the city, all over the world, wherever they are, bless them now and cause them to know that it belongs to us as a believer and that there's nothing the devil can do to keep us from having what belongs to us. And so we trust you and we believe you and we give your name praise. Now, God, I pray that you would bless every person now. Cause them to trust you and believe you, not only for what we can see, but for the promises that you've made. Let your glory be revealed. Hallelujah. Let this word come alive. I pray for them now that their minds might be enlightened, that their spirits might be lifted. I pray for them now that the devil will not have the victory, that you take your hands off of them now. And God, that we will become heavenly minded in our thoughts that we would understand who we are and more importantly, whose we are, that we'll walk as king's kids, and that we'll stand up in the glory that you presented us with, and that we'll give your name praise. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon that formed against us shall prosper. Nothing the devil can do will cause us to lose our victory because of who we are and because of what you've done for us. And so we declare it now. In the name of Jesus, we declare it now in your name and for your glory that we are blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. And we shall not be otherwise. Thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. And bless us to be all of what you would have us to be. And we will give your name glory, praise, and honor. It is so. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Amen. Citadel, we love you so much. Amen. And I'll be calling in just a minute. Amen. But Sal, thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to share with you today. I do appreciate you. Amen. And we'll give you a call in just a minute. Amen. And yes, those sir. That are, amen. Those of you that are sharing here, amen, in Detroit, and those of you that are sharing right here at the Greater Metropolitan Church, we appreciate you so very much. And we thank God for you. Now, listen, I'm going to challenge you to get your tithe together. I want to challenge you to get your tithe together. And let's pay our tithe and let's take care of the financial responsibility. Amen. When you understand giving and tithing. All right, Citadel. Well, we praise and thank God for Dr. Williams. What an awesome word. I want my inheritance. So um, as we move forward, um, it's time for us to give. Um, so we have our four ways of giving. You can give on Cash App, C-O-F-C-O-G-I-C, uh, through PayPal. You can find Citadel of Faith, even in Givelify. What you can do is on the church's page, you just press the Use app. It goes straight to the Givelify app. Uh, you can give your giving there, or you can give the old-fashioned way, which is by mail. You can give it to, to Citadel of Faith, Church of God in Christ, 7676 East 38th Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46226. Be a blessing to the church. Um, some of, the, uh, some of uh, the offerings and everything that we do has been um, to just be a support and, and be a help. So do that. Be a blessing. Um, we also want to, if I can go back, remind you of our Citadel podcast, um, Journey to the Citadel. You can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Breaker. Also, um, you can hear it on iHeartRadio. So uh, Citadel family, we are in major um, podcast applications um, so you can hear when you're not on Facebook, you can hear, um, when you on in your car and you, uh, put it on, uh, the apps. Also, I just want to thank you for joining us. 
Uh, Pastor, we love you. We uh, want to make sure that uh, you are appreciated, even though yesterday was last day of uh, ministerial appreciation month. But we just want to say we love you. We appreciate you. We, we are yet praying for you. And um, we, we just want to say continue on being the man of God who you are. And with that, God bless you all. Journey into the Citadel, where our pastor is Superintendent Johnson A. Bevan III. We hope you enjoyed this podcast.